0: On today's episode of Project Pundits Unplugged, Jim loves following medical directives.
1: I, your data interpretation is far superior. I didn't say,
0: I, I, didn't say I went counter to, right to him. I did, I did t- not listen to It's the, that's the that's first not the, point.
1: <laughs> the hosts discuss what
0: makes a conversation complete. It could have been because I had diarrhea for three and a half
1: days last week and, you know, and there we and go. he admitted that. I right, knew so. I knew it would be difficult for us to get through a conversation without at least one detailed description of someone's bowel movement. There we go. Okay, awesome um.
0: <laughs> Jim thinks Braden needs to consider
1: moving. Did you know we had uh, an earthquake here? Uh, what kind? It was, it was relatively small. It was like a 4.5, four point six, but it okay. was the epicenter was less than one mile from our house. Oh. It was underneath oh. our house, basically. I So a 4.6, I, nothing. It's a tiny little earthquake. But I felt the whole really house lift up like 18 inches. It, went, it just went <laughs> whoop whoop. You're like, what was that? It was awesome.
0: Hey, everybody. Welcome to... <laughs> the next happy episode of the project Hooray. yeah happy new year uh project pundits pod we're uh a bit beyond the new year when we're recording this but um we both had uh some interesting life events uh including the holidays it's actually spending time with family yeah uh with so many things so what we're gonna what we're gonna do with this episode is be a little more ad hoc, which um ironically is is uh, what I think people have asked for. <laughs> they like the little more unstructured riffing about uh, you know, kind of the corporate world and project management, things like that. We have some cute episodes that we are really uh, excited to that that are being worked on uh, to get out. So uh I I don't wanna tease that too much, uh, but but those will be fun when you know, may not be able to work another job after, after that, but, um, <laughs> it, it was fun. Only, it's um, so. only
1: if they recognize themselves in the characters
0: <laughs> that we portray. So that's right. With the advances in AI, we may be able to produce like a web-based TV show, um, uh, based upon these characters, like the AI, like, <laughs> Hey, um, huh. so I think this episode, what we're, we're just going to loosely, uh, talk about some of our, uh, Predictions for the upcoming year. I've actually been researching a bunch of things related to uh, a couple of other advancements and some startup
1: stuff. That's um, cheating. And then you can't research no. it. I thought this was ad hoc. You can It's you, it's ad hoc. No, it's not ad hoc. If you've done research, ad hoc is you just talk about it spontaneously. It'll it'll be very spontaneous. I don't have my notes in front of me. Don't give me you you um, it. folks. I've prepared.
0: Nothing. And then and all. then uh, I think uh and and I was happy to hear us talk of Braden right before this, asking if he had any New Year's resolutions, actually expecting him to say no, that's for stupid people or something. But oh, no. no, it turns out no, he he does and I do. And I like the fact we're gonna maybe cover at least one or, or a couple of those. I, I, I like it just because it's a way of of holding while holding myself accountable towards whatever those things are. Yeah. I mean, I have, I, I think, uh, so I'll just, I'll just kick it off by saying, and, I think,
1: and we're, I think, I thought what was the the kind of core of this episode also going to be predictions Were we going to. Yeah. But predictions, did I not say predict, that? I don't, I don't, I don't think
0: I heard maybe, maybe you didn't. I just oh, missed it. But maybe it's just in my head. We're yes, going to this be is the predictions episode. We're going to be looking dun, dun, dun.
1: forward to 2024 and trying to predict and forecast Prognosticate do we need to hold like uh uh you know kinda what is this foam letters to our forehead and 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 uh that very few people
0: are gonna get that gonna get that reference, reference or... Johnny Carson reference got it sorry um uh, Jim, I, Jim I will share that uh guy. i was i I had a nickname when when I had my other last name, which is is not Favorite something story. I really wanted to yeah. cover on that it was Buckus so like dick Buckus that was my before I got married and changed my name and everything. It was Dick Buckus. So uh, I used to get made fun of because I, I used to always prognosticate and they called me Nostra Butkus. Really? Um, yeah. And you didn't uh, like that? That
1: sounds like a cool name to me, Nostra uh, Yeah. I mean, I mean, you know, I don't think they meant
0: it positively.
1: <laughs> oh, I see. That's too bad. You know, my predictions spot we're, on. We're, I was going to say, were your predictions as accurate as Nostradamus's were or no?
0: I don't know. I mean, Nostradamus, didn't he speak in prose? So like, and then it could be interpreted like in the year of like the eagle flying you, over the you water. Can pretty much
1: like, it. He, he was a master horoscope writer is what he was. Right. <laughs> Smart guy. Um,
0: so no, but there is a, what's that guy. Uh, uh, there's another guy in the, in the 19, I think it was 1920s to 1950s. Uh, I have some of his books, not here, but um he made a lot of predictions that were spot on, huh? Edward Casey, is it Casey? Don't know.
1: Uh, is also like in his word. Ear, ear of the Tiger. Many great winds will sally forth from the east. Ed, Ed, Edgar Casey. Okay. No, um, I haven't heard of him.
0: No, you should no. look it up. Uh, actually, so I just googled it and he has Edgar Casey 2024 predictions reveal. Um,
1: Wait, he's still alive. He's still, he's still, no, no. He control.
0: predicted all this stuff back then, but yeah. like he was very years, like he was very specific. Okay.
1: Well, we uh, should be too. Yeah. I've got, um, I've got, and Jim, I've got some topics lined. I've been, as, as you've been gabbing, I've actually been productively writing a set of topics that I think we should prognosticate on, including some things in the professional world. For example, what is going to yeah. happen to agile? I want to, I want to hear thoughts on, Agile and the and the progress. <laughs> I no, just did that to get Jim's blood pressure up. Uh I think I think we gotta we gotta talk economics because I think there's yeah there's change at least on on the horizon. Uh natural disasters. We were talking about earthquakes. We just had a little earthquake here in California. Yeah, so Braden's right? house shook and I told him he's gotta move off of the fault line that he's living on at some point. Anyhow, so those are a few topics we can talk about yep. throw some other ones in there. What do you want to start with? um why why don't why
0: don't we start off with the crap like we got the presidential election okay i don't really want to hazard a guess as to what disaster we're going to end up with with related to that
1: yeah uh is that so jim I, and and we got to be careful here because politics we're always going to get ourselves i some, i don't you know, i mean hot, i don't hot water yeah like, i'm not gonna i don't i don't lean towards
0: any particular candidate likely that's gonna win so i'm more interested in like who it's going to be and what the net effect of it's going to be. I'll say I'll say two
1: two things that that are at least you know number one I I would be surprised given current trends if Trump were not the candidate that was nominated for the Republican Party. Um yep. I'll I'll also say carefully I I found myself the last two elections now really trying to vote between what I felt were the least of two distasteful can uh, distasteful but non-preferred candidates for me um yep. and and uh, I don't like being in that position that's not fun when you're essentially no. not saying i I feel passionate about this candidate I don't I, I think lots of people didn't feel passionate about either of the candidates they were voting for which is- and I think that a lot of people are gonna you know there's yeah. a prediction
0: a lot of people are really just going to stay home. And I don't know what the net effect of that is because you also have a right Robert Kennedy's son Robert Kennedy Jr. and he's going to run as an independent and they're saying he could get upwards of twenty percent of the vote too, wow. which would really wow. uh, mess things up. But so it's interesting when you brought that up. I'm going to bring a parallel to project management. wait. wait, the same, so wait
1: do you do you wh- do you agree with my prediction or where what do you think of? Yeah, yeah. No,
0: I okay. I think I think you know unless something massively changes, like Nikki Haley, like in New Hampshire, if she gets. I don't I don't know, like she'd almost have to win some of these caucuses or primaries. I I just don't see it happening. I mean, Trump has built in 30 something percent of at least of the popular like like hardcore support. Yep. You know,
1: I don't think Biden's going to replace the VP. I mean, that would be something that I've seen enough of some of the interactions with Biden to say, the yep. poor, the poor guy should just be enjoying time with his family. I feel bad for him, whether whether or not you support him, whether you don't support him. Yep. I can't. He doesn't look like he's enjoying the job that he's doing right now. He looks like almost like he's just being run through his paces. I've, I, I have genuinely. I'm not even. I'm not exaggerating. I have genuinely felt for the guy on multiple yep. occasions, saying I feel bad for him. I wish he could be uh, spending time with grandkids or something because he's. He's in his, you know, what, he's, he's in his eighties. How, how old is he? Remind me. No, he's still in his seventies, I think. Or is he? Seventies um, yeah. I mean, or the new fifties or whatever. He, and he seemed, he seems again, he's, and now he's 81. He's 81. So he's, a, yeah, I mean, that's, that's not. Bless his heart. I mean,
0: to do that stress, you've seen <laughs> how much stress when people enter the job and leave it, like Obama went in. He yeah, oh, the gray. The it's gray amazing. The gray's. grays.
1: I, I, all I say is 81. I I want to be cruising and visiting grandkids and great grandkids. I do not want. I don't want to be faced with some of those those questions and challenges. That's ugly. Feel bad for the guy. It's tough, and uh, they're gonna.
0: There's there's so many changes that are, and we'll cover some of them here. But coming up, that like, it's not gonna be a it's not gonna be a fun ride. I mean, um, I was just gonna say to make that parallel. Yeah. You were saying like the options it, it reminds me of. of for the last decade on projects, uh explaining to people that decision making is important and, and it's a choice between your least worst decision. Like, mm. and that's you know, it's the it's the least worst. And it's it's such a stupid phrase, but
1: that's an um, interesting. That's what it feels parallel. Like. You're right. There have been lots of projects <laughs> where I've had to essentially say, what's the least worst decision? In other words, none of these are are preferable. <laughs> or ideal.
0: <right? laughs> wow. Um, Okay. Yeah. So the presidential election, and then you know, I, I think economically, I I've actually taken to in the background. Well, but, well hold on. You time, s- but, but we didn't. Yeah.
1: We didn't. You you didn't predict an outcome. We we sort of just. Oh, I. We said who so we think do we want to put an outcome are. on the record. Yeah, you got it. You got to get on the record. Come on.
0: I honestly don't know what's like. I don't have a good feel for it. I Too think. Hard. I think it, if it was just Biden and Trump, it's going to be super close. I think Biden ends up winning. Primarily around the abortion stuff, which the Republicans have just handled just really poorly. And it and it, it's shown in every election since the impact of that type of stuff.
1: I think Kennedy throws in a, a ranch if that happens. He does. And I think he pulls from both sides, but I think probably pulls more from
0: Biden enough right. to where Trump would probably win. Like, can you imagine, though, if the states actually, if some of these states try to keep Trump off the ballot because of, like, they tried to Colorado, do it from the primary. Right, yeah. Like, I don't know if they're going to try to, I, they'd be very, it would be a poor choice, I think, to try to do that in general. Um scary. I don't like, very scary. That's yeah. what it would be. Um, All right. Well,
1: let's, what about let's, you? let's, but, uh, no, 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 you don't get out yeah, of okay, it. Okay. So let's put next topic here. I would say if it, I, I agree with you that I think in a head to head contest between Biden and Trump, going back to, I think many people are forced to pick their least worst option but i think biden probably edges out trump in a in a head-to-head election i i would be um would be my guess um how how a third-party dark horse throws something in there yeah probably depends on who they are and how much popularity they have could also they buy off whoever that person's participation is and say, Hey, look, you know, I'll make you a member of my cabinet later on, or it, these things happen all the time. Um, you know, could someone head that off, especially if they thought it was going to damage their party more than the others uh, possible. But that, that's probably where I would throw my guess out there. I'll have to see November, yeah. right? Not too long. And then you Jim, know. Jim related topic yeah. economics. Yeah. Let's, that was, that was where it was going to go. Yeah. Let's, let's talk about it. so, so, how long can you print money and expect prices? And Are you speaking and about uh
0: quantitative easing? No, 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 no. No uh, quantitative easing, totally quantitative tightening. No, no, no. Isn't so, that the control of the money supply?
1: Well, no, I mean those those that influences control of the money supply. That but but really I'm talking more about uh uh borrowing, right? It's spending. Yep. So so the more that the government essentially bonds money and then prints it to use it to yep to to pay pay bills and says we're going to mortgage it by letting our future you know children or grandchildren pay it off the more money that you inject into the economy essentially people say oh increasingly people still come to buy my stuff and if i am having increasing prices coming from all of my inputs i have to increase my price in order to cover to to maintain my business and and maintain a a profit or even break even. And that cycle keeps going until at some point the next person says, I don't want to buy this because I can't afford it. Right. But as long as you keep that cycle going, you keep printing the money and you keep enabling people to buy whatever they want. And the next person doesn't say, I can't buy this because I can't afford it. The prices keep going up. And, and it's funny, until we see a downturn in the economy uh, they talk about, oh, well, inflation's, you know, slowing down, but it's still inflating. It's not, it's, they haven't oh, made. Yeah, there's no deflation. We're far away from it. Uh, absolutely. And so I, I think, I, I I think the Fed continues to put tightening pressure on the monetary supply. And I think you still continue to see that until there's impact to the economy. And And without essentially causing a slowdown in the economy, you don't slow down prices. It's going to happen. I mean, and I would say this year, I'd be surprised if it didn't. I don't So know, you have a different opinion. So I watch. Yeah, I mean, I've I've been watching uh, in the background. So uh,
0: just having CNBC on in the background or Bloomberg, one of these, and and uh, listening to a lot of it, and I listen to some podcasts. Right, and I I joke about you know a, you know a quantitative easing, quantitative tightening, and some of the economic principles that are underlying things. Um, so the market, as I understand, is priced in rate cuts starting they had originally priced them in starting in March definitely May it's an election year so the Fed is going to be under pressure to start cutting if the Fed
1: um, cuts rates the Fed going is being to. bought because, they're get, they're because cutting. we are not at a point where we're ready to cut yet I'm telling you right now inflation is nowhere near in control
0: nowhere near it's not It's not as near out of control as it was <laughs>
1: um you know it's therefore let's start the engine and get
0: going charge well yeah i mean there is still a lot of cash what what i find interesting there's still a lot of cash sitting on the sidelines they're going to be starting to cut there's no more tightening there's no more there's no more rate increases that they're done like it's just a matter of when they start uh cutting and and really what they've been talking about is whether it's still going to be march or they're going to they're going to push that out to May, but the latest is May and the market's priced all that
1: in. If they're, um, if they are, so A, I hope that the market has priced it in because one of the goals of the Fed is actually to shock, um, not they want to shock, they actually want to be predictable as they can. But in order to yeah, create, uh-huh. create impact into the market, they have to sometimes do things that the market has not already priced in. And in this case, I sincerely hope that But they're not going to do it and they're not going to do it in an election cut. year. Like there's way too much political pressure and, to, to do then, that. Then we continue to so, just cause so, massive.
0: Right. I, and, and this is something, erosion. you know, I'd love to to riff on about a, a, another topic. But th- these instant you reference it like these self-fulfilling institutions where as long as there's a built in economic growth cycle, you can sustain it. Like colleges are a great example. right? Like they have built up such economic need for raising tuition. And it's, and we pay the professors this much and, and it's this, and it, it, it's, gotten ridiculous. And as long as you could keep raising tuition and people are willing to pay it, you can support that. But it, it, it's, you know, so here's one of my predictions. I don't think it's going to happen this year, but the college system is going to collapse on some level. I just don't know when Jim, that is. Do you
1: want to hear a really unpopular opinion of, of how to control that? is to limit the amount of loans that we make available to students, the amount of of <laughs> free loans that we make available to kids. Would you, outside of a college situation, yep. okay, would you go give one of your kids $150,000 $150, $150, and say, yeah. hey, spend this responsibly, would you, kid? Uh, no collateral, no anything, just, hey, here you go, I'm going to give this to you.
0: Oh, In. my
1: God. Goodness. Government. Me. You cannot
0: declare bankruptcy to get rid of it. It's a, it's a secured loan by the government. Like you're just sending people down an unbelievable like ball and chain. I,
1: I path, totally like. agree, but it, it's not just that it also right. contributes. It contributes to your point. When we make huge oh. amounts of, it, it goes back to supply and demand of money, right? If I make huge yep. amounts of money available to colleges and say, Hey, People are willing to spend uh, $250,000 on a, you know, on, on four-year education. They say, great, yep. we can spend that. <laughs> and, and it's, it's, if you, if you slow it. So unpopular opinion, make less funding available. Really? Unpopular. I, I don't know if that's unpopular. Like you, you need I've heard to it proposed in various forums, but you need to do something to, to get
0: that, to get that under control. And then, you know, then you look at the endowments these schools have, which is absolutely ridiculous. Right. And it's just you know, so I think I think you're right. And the question is, we're eventually going to crash because our uh, the cost to the economy to service our debt, the interest on the debt. I forget. I, I don't want to quote the numbers. It's high. It's an increasing percentage. Yep. Uh, on that and everything else, and then if you start to look at the you know ten-year bonds and all of them are going up, the yields are going up, and all of that, it's just making the situation worse. It gets worse more expensive
1: to issue that debt. Yep.
0: Here's here's the thing. Like so then and then the threat out there is like oh the, the the brick countries are gonna have an alternate currency. There is no like the dollar is still so far ahead of us as a stable currency for the world that like
1: it's gonna buffer things I, for I a long time. I don't think that changes even even with this adjustment that we have. On Un, unrelated, just real quick, yeah, um housing. So housing related to economics. Oh, have you heard that? That's gone through the roof. I just heard this yesterday. So it's it it's fascinating to me. There's this really quirky quirky thing going on right now. Normally housing is pretty straightforward. In- interest rates yep. rise like they are right now, and people say, "Oh, great! I don't want to, uh, you know, uh, buy a house right now." The market slows down, and and you know, then it gets. Uh, prices eventually go down because people want to move out, blah, yep. blah, blah. But because the weird part is because supply is so tight right now of housing, yep. it's not that the prices are not going down. You're saying it's going to the roof right now? Again. Yep. Wow. It's ridiculous. Wow. I shouldn't I, tell I you don't... what I had to pay at the peak of the market in California, Southern California for my house, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how. So if you, again,
0: you just do math. I, I, if, if you bought a, if, if you were unlike me and you were in your earlier twenties and you, you kind of bought a house and you increased equity and you invested in the next house, I could see how you can get up to like the house I'm in right now. I, normally I would say, you know, it should be like a half million dollar house. This thing's going to sell for a million dollars. Like it's, it's just it. like, but I'm just thinking about like what it costs to buy a million dollar house, like it just seems absurd that a young couple can afford to
1: buy a million dollar there's, house. There's an, index, it, there, there's an index um that measures the price of a house relative to the median um income of the people in the area. And it gets skewed. And when it gets skewed, usually there's there's corrections that that come. Um, one of the things that I think prolonged that skew was kind of the transition from primarily single income housing or single income families sure. back like in, you know, 50 years ago, 70 years ago, to more of a double income standard, I think, is more frequent today. Um, but but we're at the point now, like it, where I live, in the general area where I live, um, increasingly, the only way that you buy a house is by having multiple families live in that house contributing to that, that. That's the way it used to be back in the day. Right. And, uh, and we're, we're like back. immigrant family like back to it or it, no, but, but just any family, you could, yeah, make no, no, no six I know figures. what you're saying. Six figures yeah. might have to entirely be dedicated just to your mortgage in order to keep it going. It's Which is, is absolutely, absolutely insane. Yeah. I mean,
0: um, so people were no way wanted to pay nine to 10% or eight high eights, nine, 10%. It's mortgage rates, I think it, they said they have dropped into six, seven, six, eight. And that is a comfortable, more comfortable level. And that's opened the floodgates for people now looking to sell. Wow. So that's open that, but also buy. Um, so I just saw that on CNBC. Interesting, interesting. Um, interesting. um so I think I think let's talk about one more thing and then yeah. we'll get to interesting stuff. Like um, I it's just the war stuff, like the oh, I don't want to oh, yeah. get into it too much, but like. Uh, You know, is the Ukraine war going to wrap? How is the Israeli war going to wrap? Like the Ukraine war. Again, we have one of these self-fulfilling systems to where it's an economic benefit to keep (laughs) that war going Mm -hmm. for uh, uh, a lot of a lot of organizations within the US. Right. So um, we produce a lot of weapons. We produce a lot of ammunition. We produce a lot of support. They get paid. It feeds the cycle. Actually, somebody actually
1: said that on CNBC. That's I, a benefit. I can't imagine that it's driven by that. What I can imagine is that. Oh, I don't. Well, I, I've seen both Ukraine and and Russia get so bogged down in where they are, right? Yep. Um, and I have to say, you know, now maybe I'm setting myself up for assassination here, but my hats off to Ukraine. Um, the fact that it's you know really a David taken on a Goliath here and. The fact that they have been as resilient as they have and been able to um, uh, dig in and not just, you know, yeah, we're we're out capitulate month, out to man, that Yeah. Yep. astonishing to me, and and I think I I think that there's a a lot of admiration in the free world uh, for for their spirit and for what they're doing, but bless their hearts, but they've it's lost be miserable, oh yeah, they've lost so an miserable.
0: entire generation of young men, like. The numbers are staggering. I don't wow. I don't have them. I don't want to misquote it, but it yeah. it's a material percentage of the young men in their country. And that's gonna I I set certainly, them back. And Russia as well. For Russia them. men is young men and some women as well. Like wow. I mean tremendous tens of thousands of people. Like we get all these data filtered back about different things, yeah. but like, you know, Russia cares about the fact that, you know. Uh, Ukraine can join NATO and it's right on their doorstep. So they wouldn't have invaded if, if we just made a commitment that Ukraine wouldn't join I, NATO. Da, da, da. I, and you I, don't know what I, to believe in that, that
1: Yeah. I, I mean, right. it, I think there's a lot of justification going on for what is otherwise either a land grab or a power grab, depending on how you look at it or or even just saber rattling. I I do hope that it, it concludes yeah. even, you know, r- regardless of how it concludes I just it hurts my heart to see between you know them between the uh, Israel Palestinian conflict it, you hope yeah. that that all of those draw to a quick conclusion and and the violence ends but Jim I know I know we're relatively close to time we we got to say what happens to our favorite you know we we've had evolution and changes over time of different methodologies what what happens to the the project management world, specifically, let's say, Agile methodology in 2024, Jim. No, you're just being provocative on this. Yeah. So
0: one is, I'm going to look into the camera for anybody who's watching this. I have not yet been able to find a guest willing to come on and actually talk about this. Maybe because they're terrified of, you know, the conversation. I don't know what the reason is. Or maybe they don't think it's worth their time with us. Either way. Um, but I still, I still think there's a, a conversation to be had because it's it. here. I'm going to give you a comparison to the presidential discussion. So Chris Christie was very big on this and his ads are like, we're flooded because we're bordering New Hampshire on political ads before he dropped out. His big thing was all the Republicans talk about Trump and how much of a liar he is and everything behind their back, but I'm the only one who's talking about it. Uh, to everybody's face and everything else. So I'm finding the conversation about Agile is a similar type of thing. To, uh, you know, behind the scenes, everybody's like, yeah, this, this doesn't work. Like, like it, you know, in the end, da, da, da. but like, I think we're going to have another year of a bunch of wasted money. Oh, I'm going to quote a study by the, the Standish group from 2015 okay. in a recent article that was talking about AI and, 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 and they're trying to frame up how much project waste there is? How much is spent on project? How much waste?
1: I oh no! I, I did, just I did read this one because it looked like it almost exceeded the total the like, GDP of the world, of the world. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah I'm like wow. That's cool. <laughs> so 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 as of like 2019, they're
0: like 48 Trillion. Dot tr- trillion. trillion, trillion. Dollars was spent on projects. Like, can we just take a
1: pause? Like, does anybody just say that sounds absurd? What, and what is world GDP was like 68 trillion? 77, like, 77. like okay. that yeah, year. Yeah, yeah. And like, if you project it
0: out, like we're spending like 90, 90 billion, trillion. Uh, I, anyways, yeah. It was just like, what do we do? And then, and then it, if you Google that, it was just everybody quoted that same thing. And then you go to the standards group they don't even have a secure socket layer on their website. So Google's like, be careful. This could be like a fake website and, you know, it doesn't let you go there unless you click through, say, I accept the I, non-secure. I, yeah, package.
1: I agree that it's, I don't have a certificate.
0: Yeah, um, But Harvard Business Review is quoting this. Um, so so here's the thing, though. The general premise of there being a bunch of project waste, I, I, mean, I, I mean, it's what I do during the day consulting wise is to fix yeah, this. Right. Yeah. I don't think that's going like, they're talking about how AI is going to like, it takes meeting notes for you. And I'm like, that's not where projects fail. Like, Oh, we're going to make project managers more efficient. I'm like, how about we make them more efficient in solving the problems? Right. And I right. think this is what we've talked about on this <laughs> podcast. It's, it's not the actual administrative activities of managing a project. Yes. Yes. It can be overwhelming and taxing and taking you away from certain things. But that is not, I don't, unless you disagree, that's not at the fundamental root cause. And that's where AI is going to be able to help. It'll help you do certain tasks more efficiently, put up meeting minutes, schedule things, maybe even have agents to automate things. But it doesn't solve the root of what we've talked about, which is framing projects up properly, understanding what you're trying to achieve and aligning
1: problems, problems that at least in current technologies, capabilities are far more subtle and complex than yep. than AI. I mean, AI is struggling to recognize, you know, really simple patterns. And so You're talking about things that, you know, even people with 200 IQs are struggling to, to put together. Not. I, I Totally, totally agree with that. Um, I I wouldn't be surprised if this year, maybe next year, um, you know, Agile is going to be a long-term thing like Six Sigma and lots of these other things where where they tried to take engineering principles and apply it to certain, uh, I'll say less applicable um, areas. I I think, I think Agile has been more broadly applied than it should be. That's, that's, I feel comfortable saying that, right. Is that, Agile is not ideal for certain situations but is applied uniformly almost, you know, in in any situation in in many organizations. Um I wouldn't be surprised if starting, you know, maybe this year, maybe next year, some companies start seeing a competitive advantage in in the and they'll probably have to create a uh, a new methodology, you know, a new terminology yes. in order to get away with it. It's really a return to what I would call integrated, uh, you know, delivery patterns. Waterfall is what the traditional sense of it is. But thinking through an entire solution from end to end, uh, as opposed to let's think of through part of it and 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 do, you know, slices of it. You know, and, and and you get the argument for agile people
0: that, you know, agile them properly does frame up the overall thing. And then it's just a phase based delivery, blah, blah, blah. Um, I, I'm 10,000% with you in, in what part of that marketing has done with agile is basically made waterfall a four letter word. And, and, mm-hmm. and that what works. I would say is like, you break a problem down and you say, where do you want to end up? You solve it. And then, and then once you kind of know where you want to end up, you figure out how you chunk up the work that you need to do over time. So it's still any project of any sufficient complexity has to be delivered in phases, and if someone is saying, "Do monolithic, like we have to have these twenty departments get all the work done," then they don't know what they're doing either. That doesn't it, mean it has to be agile. Iter- just to iterative thoughtful.
1: delivery is what we call iterative it in delivery. Indiana. And I wouldn't be yeah, surprised you're limiting risk if if that becomes some sort. You know, again, maybe a better moniker. Some marketing person comes in and says, instead of iterative delivery, they call it you know phase based, you know solution, and they call it pizzer. <laughs> Right. Right. So, I mean, I, I, I figure of anybody in the world, we
0: might be best positioned to come (laughs) up with that in an episode. I think we should, uh, resolution for the pot. We should have a resolution to come up with a a new methodology, uh, by the end of the year. Like that, that is,
1: I could come up with a new methodology by the end of the week, Jim, come on. That's
0: what I'm saying. I, I think we should put that on as a resolution. Um, Personal resolutions. Quick. Do you want to touch any? I want to, I, I got to, I have to health wise and want to lose a bunch of weight. I think I'm, that I'm, is like the
1: most common. I'm on board for the same thing. Actually. I have, I yeah. have a specific goal. I have already started that. The good news for me, at least is that I've done that before. Right. I kind of yeah. did that and then came back up. So I'm, I'm on now the back down, going down on the yo-yo plan again, but, uh, at least I know the pain and suffering that it requires. Maybe it's actually more, it's a good thing, Jim, that you don't know the pain and suffering that's ahead of you. That's oh, I awesome. know. I've done oh, it. I mean, I just, right.
0: um, I just, uh, I'm always looking for the shortcutting of the process. Um, you know, <laughs> Ozempic uh, maximizing my dosage there. and uh, um, I'll crack the code. Um,
1: any other big personal ones you want to point out? Trying to think of, I uh, have a list in front of me. I, I didn't know we were doing resolutions, or I would have pulled it up. Some reading that I want to do, um, some yep. personal um, learning that that I want to do yeah. more broadly. Um, AI is actually an area where I want to get a little uh, better informed on. I understand lots of the principles. What I don't understand is some of the more technical details behind those principles, yep. and I want to be a little more informed. Uh, both both for me, politically as well as from a job perspective, from from PM, sure. right? I I want to be able to know there. There's all kinds of sometimes just mania, hysteria. Um, other times, maybe uh, justified concerns over certain yeah. things. So, um, it's one thing to understand the principles, which I I have a fairly good grasp. Uh, I I grasp fairly well difference between generative AI versus you know kind of machine learning um, and we're so not nearly as far with generative AI as we are with machine learning, though it's making strides quickly. Um, but understanding the the technical aspects behind that, something that I'm really interested in. So
0: yeah, no, I think, um, so a couple things to mention on that. Uh, I don't, so, so how does intelligence emerge? Right. So how does, so this is a question no one's really answered. Is this, they think is this where
1: fundamental- we put in the, the uh, Skynet clip or whatever, or no,
0: yeah we're all gonna die um no but <laughs> sam altman surprisingly casually which is different than what he stated a number of other times stated in davos in an interview and, and we can put i'll post the link but he thought that agi Gen- artificial general intelligence was is much closer and that really um he's positive about it and uh wow i think that caught a lot of people off guard in so here's my premise. So Wait, and real so quick,
1: if, real quick, Jim. On that topic, yeah. right? I was unaware yeah. that for the first time in in history, fairly recently, AI, a, a computer intelligent or a computer program, whatever, passed the Turing test. Right? Oh yeah, yeah. Which, you can't. They couldn't. If if folks are familiar with what that is, and and it, that's a that's a huge thing that's existed for now like 70 years or something like that yep as and, uh, and as the gold standard for 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 and and we get reverse Tory tests all the time when we have to prove that we're not a machine by by trying to to solve problems or other things like that but the fact that that for the first time one passed was extraordinary to me so I'm sorry keep going it was just
0: yeah no um it 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 is amazing so what was really fascinating to me is is there are people trying to figure out there was emergent uh, emergent behavior out of these some of these large language models. There is no reason it should have emerged, and I don't want to even say what. I'll see if I can find a couple of examples. But there was stuff that emerged that should not have been possible based upon how these systems were built. So,
1: isn't my isn't that what Asimov in, in Ibro didn't he, didn't he call uh, the extraneous code? Wasn't that the first science? Of, yeah, the of I, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. 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 So, uh, but I think this is how AGI, like, so, you know, there's, there's all these talks about how much did language play into our ability to gain intelligence and certainly accelerate, but my big uh, premise here, and and it's really just speculation, because again, there's no scientific right now understanding of how this could be some level of AGI will uh, emerge out of these models. Um, and, uh, Sky and it's a little Net. frightening.
1: Skynet. Someone put in the graphic right now. Raining nuclear weapons coming down on us.
0: I'll give one more big prediction that I, may not happen this year. but Make, make this uh, the last one, Jim,
1: because I know we're... Yeah, this is the last here. one okay. people wrote
0: like... Roll their eyes at this, but let's hear it. I think the role of primary care providers (PCPs) will disappear huh? in its current incarnation within a couple of years. The if you look at what the primary functions are of a primary care provider, AGI, artificial intelligence models <laughs> will do that. They already do it better. So diagnostics, healthcare management, all the functions that uh, your primary does a system will do it better, more efficiently, and more
1: accurately. So the question is, what role does... I'll agree with Jim that they can do it. I think there's way too much institutional structure in place right now to to transition that anytime soon. And when I say, I mean, I I would say almost the opposite. I, I think you're right. I totally agree with your assessment, and maybe there's tools that will aid them. But I would I would say structurally, you're not going to get rid of PCPs for 20 years.
0: It's gonna I I disagree. So what's going to happen all right. is all right. I love the disagreement. So this is great. Insurance companies and others are going to pay less and less and less, and it's going to push people towards. Uh, and this is already starting to happen. CVS's that have primary care operations with lower cost doctors that handle thousands of people because of the efficiency of it, and My prediction is PCPs, if they want to survive, they're going to have to move towards a concierge whole health management that goes beyond just your typical day-to-day, I have a cold, I have a sore throat, I have everything. That diagnostic portion is going to go away. And if PCPs want to survive and still make the income they're going to do, they're going to have to move to a concierge model. So there you go. I very strongly feel uh, that that's going to happen. We covered a lot here, so I don't know how much of this will end up. Making an episode. This is definitely a loose ad hoc episode. We dipped our toes into stuff that we actually promised ourselves we wouldn't do. <laughs> I think that's that's all for this episode. Um 2024 is here. Um we have Woo-hoo! some fun stuff coming out. If you if you do want a particular topic covered or you have thoughts or opinions, always please share them. Other than that, I anything
1: else you want to cover? Or- no, I'm I'm excited for 2024 and I'm, I'm i've written all these down, so now i can uh, uh see how jim does on his predictions and mock him at the end of the year when i say wow yeah we still, need to do the i still have a pcp jim what's up with that yeah jim you're still super fat duh look what happened <laughs> oh, all right very good all right thanks everybody and thanks, we'll catch guys. you in the next one see ya